This morning we are wrapping up our series in Ebenezer. If you've missed some of it, I want to give you just a quick recap of why we did it and what we did. Uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to it if you get the chance. Um, I, I'll say this, what we've been trying to do is reflect uh, on, on the past, on some things where we saw, we've seen God work in our lives so that we can step courageously and fearlessly into the future by faith in Jesus. And, and so this, this series has been about looking at some Old Testament stories where the, the, the children of Israel, they would set up memorials, and usually they were rocks. The three we've looked at so far, they took rocks, they set them up. The first one we looked at, Samuel set a rock up. They just won a battle that God helped them win. He said, I'm setting up this rock. I'm naming it Ebenezer. It means the stone of help. And, and he said, we're reminding ourselves at this point that God has helped us this far. We want to remind ourselves here so that when we come back through here at some point and we've got our kids with us or our grandchildren or, or we, when we come back through and we're struggling and I see that rock, when I see that memorial, I remember. Oh, yeah, I remember. Man, God led us to that victory. He can lead us to victory again. Um, and so we've been talking about physical markers in our lives. And what we don't want to become is like worshiping the marker, right? We don't want to worship Ebenezer. We don't want to worship a rock. We don't want to worship something in our life or place. Um, but we want those things to point us back to Jesus. We want those things in our life that point us back to Jesus. For you, it could be a picture. It could be a name. It could be a recipe. Man, you know, this time of year, you cook your grandmother's fried apple pie or whatever that is. It's like brings so much back, right? You could... Are you all out there? <laughs> I need you to just smile, respond, do something. Let me know you're, you're breathing. Um, and, and so it could be any of those things. So I went around our house yesterday and said, I'm just going to go around our house and take some pictures of some things we have that are in our home that remind us of things. And so I'll share some of those with you this morning before we get into today's sermon. This is a, a cross that, um, that we found. We were walking on a beach um, uh, in North Carolina and uh, this had just washed up on the shore and somebody at some point had taken the time to to tie that together and make it. It was a reminder for us at that point we were in the middle of nowhere out on a beach that no, most people aren't and there was a cross. And, um, and, and it reminds me that no matter where we're at, we don't have to go looking for God. He, he will move the tide and the waves and find us. Right? Like, and so that sits on a, a shelf in our, our dining room. Um, this is a, a, a print of a painting we found. This is a, there's a little cabin there. This is at Harker's Island in North Carolina, and uh, this is a place I started going when I was 12 years old. I used to go with my dad and see my aunt, and we stayed in that little place, and I fed seagulls on the back porch, and it was just like, this is a place I remember, um, and uh, you might have noticed Harker's Island. That might be where a little boy is named after, and, and so a few years ago, we found this postcard, and this woman had painted this picture of that boat and that place in the back that's hanging in our house, this is another painting. It is a, an original uh, by Ramona Robinson. Goes to church here, leads our women's ministry. Um, she did this for us uh, one year for Pastor Appreciation Month. And um, this hangs in our house. A reminder of, I remember when, when Danny said, uh, you all know the story of the market and the coffee shop of, of how God brought that place into existence. But I remember when Danny said, let's just get the stuff moved down there. So we hired movers. It was during COVID. And we got everything stacked down there. And we walked in and just stuff was stacked to the ceiling. We didn't know how we were going to 
check people out. We didn't know how we were going to have people to work it. We didn't know anything about coffee. I mean, we didn't know anything. And, and, and we needed $20,000. I remember when I prayed that prayer one morning at the breakfast table. I said, God, just do it. I can't do this. And we got two $8,000 checks in the mail at the church that week. That went straight. Like, God said, I want that place there. I want to reach people in that place. And he just did it. And I remember thinking he couldn't. So when I see that, it's like, anything I think he can't do, he can. All right, so I walk by and I see that. I've got this good little Hobby Lobby verse. Y'all got some Hobby Lobby verses on your walls. You don't even read them. <laughs> it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Reminds me every day, if there's any semblance of success in my life, he has established the plan. Like, no reason to get prideful, no reason to think, I've, this is... This is God, and he will establish going forward. If he calls us into something, he's going to equip us for it. Like we're going to be faithful, but he is the author of the plan. Uh, this is the last one. It's a sign we've got hanging in our kitchen. There was a, a, a season a couple of years ago, Bethany and I uh, went through. It was emotionally tough. It was distressing. It was, um, I mean, it, it was difficult. Um, we were united in this, but it, it was a difficult season. Y'all been through those, right? And there was times we'd walk into the kitchen, and, um, and, and we, we, would, we would tell Alexa to play. Hopefully there's not one in here. I don't think there is. If you're watching online, I'm sorry if you're, Alexa's listening. Um, and we'd tell her to play a worship song, and, and there, were, there were some songs, and, and uh, one of them, the, the melody was like, I'm the clay, you are the potter. And we would just dance to that. Um, and then we had some, some faster songs, and we danced fast. You know, we slow dance, we dance fast. And in the middle of this difficult season, I remember. So I walked by in the kitchen, I see that. I was like, oh, yeah. I remember in the midst of mourning, God can turn us to dancing. And, um, and so that's just a reminder uh, for me. So this week, we are looking at a, a sermon. Last week's sermon was titled, Chris did a great job. I loved it. It was so good last week, called Do Remember. So this feels a little repetitive. This one's called Don't Forget. We planned it this way. It's really important. If you, if you, might, you might be on to something if you think, is, are they wanting us to remember something? I feel like these last three weeks has been a little bit about remembering something. Um, you got it. You've, fourth week, you finally latched on. To the purpose of this series, uh, this morning is called Don't, uh, Don't Forget. We're in a book, Deuteronomy, not the most easy read, and um, if you've ever spent some time there, it's got all the Old Testament laws and rituals and different things in there, but it's a cool book. If you read the, read the summary of it, why it was written, I just want to give you some, some perspective here before we dig into it. Um, it was written by Moses, and it was, it was really a recording of his speeches to the children of Israel standing on, they were camped out beside the Jordan River. This is before last week's sermon. Sorry if it's confusing. But in the, the eras of time, this is before Joshua led them across the Jordan River. They're camped there looking at Canaan's land. They've been wandering 40 years in the wilderness, the generation that was disobedient, that they were in the wilderness, they wandered for 40 years and died. They never got, they, they left Egypt, but they never made the promised land. And so here Moses is talking to the sons and daughters of the parents who couldn't, who didn't get it right. And he says, and so this is really, y'all been to a pep rally? You've been to, you know, this is, this is his pep talk before the game. 
This is his life. I need to remind you of all these things that God has done so you can be ready as Joshua leads you. You are going to be the ones that cross the Jordan River and go into Canaan's land. He's like, so I need you to remember some things. I need to guide you on some things. And, and, and here's the directions and here's what's going to happen. And, and Moses ends up passing away. He says, and I'm not going to lead you through. Joshua is going to lead you through. And so this is the book of Deuteronomy is really, it is the essence of Ebenezer, what this series is about. It's about remembering God's faithfulness so you can cross the river. You want to cross the river this morning? So we're going to remember God's faithfulness. Let's read the passage. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 12. For when you have become full, that's an appropriate Thanksgiving <laughs> passage. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, it's going to hit some of you totally different. Some of you think you could never be in that place. Maybe you're in college, you're in high school, and you just wonder, man, could life ever work out? Uh, let, me, let me tell you, like, as long as you're, you're faithful and you work, life, for the most part, works out. <laughs> Like, don't, don't worry about that. Just be faithful. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, some of you are there. Like, you've got more than you need. You've you got, you got, you got everything you need plus more. Like, your biggest complaint is, you know, like, uh, you know, you couldn't get in at Texas Roadhouse last night, so you had to go to, to some barbecue place. Like, that's our, that is the, man, that is the misery of America. Okay, And so, for when you become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. He doesn't, he doesn't say, uh, he doesn't warn you. This is not a warning about poverty, this is a warning about prosperity. This is a warning to be reminded that when we are full, when we have enough, and when we have more than what we need, he said, when, you, when you've got your silver and your gold and everything is multiplied, he said, along with everything else you've got, he said, I want at that point, y'all need to remind you of something. You, you need to be careful. He says, don't become proud at that time. And then he says, don't forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. The message this morning is don't forget. It's a little different than do remember. Not a lot, but a little. The passage is different. The passage we're, we're looking at is different. I want to share with you three things I think we can find in this passage that Moses wants these people, the sons and daughters who are going to take the generation, they're going to be the generation who gets it right, who makes it across the Jordan River into the promised land. He says, I want you to remember three things. The first thing I think he tells them is the wilderness. We've talked a lot in the last three weeks about spiritual victories and the good in our life, and we, we want to celebrate the good things. But here he says, I want you uh, to do not forget that God led you through the great and terrifying wilderness. And it's poisonous snakes and scorpions. Where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. 
He says, I want you to remember just for a minute the wilderness, the, the messiness of life. I, I, I know you have now, but I want you to remember the times you didn't know if you were going to have enough uh, to make the bills at the end of the month. I, I want you to remember the time that you, 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 you thought your marriage was done. I want you to remember the, the time that, that you have been found guilty of all accounts. I want you to remember the time that, that you didn't know where the next paycheck was going to come from. You'd lost your job. I want you to remember the time you got the medical report that just sent you into spiraling fear and anxiety because you thought it meant this life was coming to an end. It's like, I want you to remember the poisonous snakes and the scorpions. If you're really going to appreciate the good and have gratitude where you're at, you've got to remember the wilderness. There was a, there's a story about this captain of a, a, captain of a fishing, fishing boat, and uh, they were out on the sea, and he had a bunch of fishermen with him. He came upon this, this storm that was about to sink the ship. And, uh, and, and none of these guys were godly. They didn't know God from, from a brown paper sack. I don't know if that's even saying. Just made, I combined like three. They, they didn't know God. And they're like, hey, Captain, like, we're going to sink. Will you, will you, you need to pray to God. Will you pray? And he's like, man, I don't know God. I, I'm not going to pray. And they like, kept begging him, like, just pray. Will you pray? And, and finally he's like, all right, I'll pray. And this is the prayer he prayed. He said, oh, Lord, I'm not asking you for anything for 15 years. If you deliver us out of this storm and bring us safe to land again, I promise I won't bother you again for another 15 years. And you see, that's really not sincerity. But it's really a lot like you and me. Man, we pray so much harder when we have less, when we are in the trial, when we're in the midst of the test, when, when, we're, when, when the storm is raging and we don't know if the boat's going to make it. That's the time, man. I'm on my knees and I'm praying. And, and so Moses is pointing this out to this group of people. He's like, listen, wealth is good. Your, 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 your prosperity is good as long as you remember. As long as you remember where it came from. As long as you remember, you don't get prideful and think, well, I worked hard, so I got it. See, the, the children of Israel, they, they could say, man, we're the ones that followed Moses, and we're the ones that, 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 that left Pharaoh, and we're the ones that left Egypt. Like, we walked, we got, we got the blisters on our feet, we're the ones that did it, and God could say, I sent Moses. I sent Moses. So, so we can never get into the place of our life where we say, man, I worked hard for what I've got. I deserve it. Because you don't know the, the health things that God's protected you from. You don't know the times you've been driving down US 23 and somebody was getting ready to cross the median and they didn't. And we, we sure had nothing to do with deciding we would be born into the family that we were born into and have the influence we've had in our life or the gifts that we've been given. Like all of this has to be drawn back to our maker. And so he said, I want you to remember the wilderness. And, and so we can do this in life as believers. Like we got our ups and downs and, and we need to remember the difficult times. But I want you also too to remember the one wilderness that everyone in here was born into. The slavery to sin. The reality that we were all born into a sinful 
life, man. We, we were born with a sinful and a deceitful heart. And, and you know, our, our little boy just turned four. I never, I never had to teach him how to hit his sister. Man, he is a champion. I didn't tell him how to talk back. I didn't have to teach him how, how to, to, to be mischievous and, and, and tell little white lies. I didn't have to teach him any of that. We all are born into that. We inherit the sinful nature because of Adam. And so we're born into this wilderness, and the Bible calls it as being slavery and bondage to sin, and yet we find a way out. So, so uh, first, let's finish this and say we are born, the, don't forget the wilderness. I want you to see why the wilderness is important. Verse 16, he says, He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. They were complaining, right? Remember, every time they get into the wilderness, this is about perspective. Every time you get into the wilderness, they say, Man, why did we leave Egypt? Just die out here. Like, God's like, I just split the Red Sea. I mean... I understand us kind of being removed from it. I'm just going to put a little more pressure on them and say they're worse than us. I believe if I saw God split the Red Sea open and I walked through it, I don't think I'd be afraid I was going to starve to death the next day. You know what I mean? Well, maybe I would. I probably would. (laughs) But here they are, not in the wilderness. They did not complain. He said, I've done this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I've achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. You see, the the wilderness is really just a training ground. Man, it's the place God is plowing your heart and he's getting you ready. And you need to remember that even in the wilderness, in the dark places, and in the divorce you never thought you'd go through, and the addiction you struggled with, and all those things, in the wilderness is the training ground, is the place where you are tested, not to see if you're faithful, but you're tested so you can be reminded that God is always faithful. So in the wilderness is the training ground. So the second thing I think he wants us to, to don't forget the wilderness That was your training ground. He says, I don't want you to forget the way you got out of it. He says, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. If you go back to verse 14, I think it is, he says, remember the Lord your God who rescued you out of slavery in Egypt. If you go to Deuteronomy 6, he says, when you've eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. This is really... Um, I, mean, I mean, he is speaking in to the risk that we all face living in America. It's like having security of material things. Like in that season, like I got enough money to live. I got enough this to that. And we begin to rely on that and we forget about the true provider of all that we have. And so he says, don't forget the Lord, your God who rescued you from slavery in Egypt, there's a, there's a passage, as you think about this, um, uh, I want you to remember that this, this could be material prosperity. We can also get into this place of, of, uh, of spiritual or religious self-righteousness, okay, where, where we can think we've earned salvation, 
because of the way we've been or what we've done or the way we've dressed or because we've gone to church. And, you know, I, I, I brought a cake from one church and, uh, and I gave this to this and I, I volunteered at, at, at this nonprofit or this charity and, 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 and I, I sing worship songs and, and, and I do all these things. And so we can get to this point. It's like, man, if people would just be like me, if people would just be like me, if they just get their life right and act like, you know, me. And we start to ignore all the brokenness in our own life and, and the deceit and the, the, the jealousy we have and the, all the things that are deep in our hearts. But he says, the, the way out, James 1, 2 through 4, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity and great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing Nothing. That's the training ground. Building your faith. Why is faith important? Romans 3. Excellent book. You need to go read Romans. Romans 3 and verse 23. It says, for everyone has sinned. Every single person. That's you. That's me. We've fallen short of God's glorious standard. What he expected. The rules. The, the, the life that he expected us to live. We all fall short. It says, yet God, in his grace, unmerited favor, a gift, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through, read it for me, Jesus Christ, when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. I want you to remember what I said About the children of Israel leaving Egypt. How they could say, I walked it. I walked through the wilderness. I walked through the river. You didn't split it and you didn't send Moses. And, and so what we never want to get in our, our, our self-righteous heart was I'm the one that went forward. I'm the one that finally gave my life to Jesus. I'm the one in this. Well, well, Jesus is the one who went to the cross. Absent him going to the cross, you have no hope. See, while we were yet sinners, when we were in the midst of complete rebellion, that's the point Jesus died for us. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us. Uh, verse 27 of the same chapter says, Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. While Jesus leads us out of bondage and penalty of sin once and for all, we live in a daily battle. It says we, we, are, uh, we did not get our acquittal by not obeying the law. It says based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Where our commitment needs renewed daily. It says we were in the wilderness I want to speak to you right now. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you're struggling with guilt and shame and wondering what your purpose and wondering why and all this, like it's, it's not hard. Jesus is the way out. I want to remind you if you're a believer and you're going through a difficult season and you're struggling and, and you feel like you're in the wilderness of the day to day, Jesus is still the way out. He is still the way out. He told his disciples simply when he said, I'm going to prepare you a place in John 14. And they said, well, we don't know where you're going, so we sure don't know how to get there. It was super simple for him. He was like, hey, it's me. 
I am the way. Just Jesus. Don't try harder. Don't carry that yoke or that burden to try to be a good Christian and try to be this and try to be that. Just go deeper with me. Get closer to me. Learn more about me. You be hungry for me. I'll, I'll change you from the inside out. You won't even know what happened if you look me in the eye every day and love me. He wants us to remember the, the wilderness as a training game. He wants us to remember the way out is Jesus. He wants us to remember one more thing, I believe, and this is the way forward. Now, wouldn't you like to get to the place where you're not just in the wilderness and then I'm out? And then I'm on the mountain, I'm in the valley. I'm on the mountain, I'm in the valley. We're all in this rotation. I want to go forward, don't you? Don't you like, I've had enough of the wilderness. I want to go across the river and get to Canaan's land. And so I think he lays this out for us. And the way forward is really what this has all been building up to. And it's why I don't think you should put your Christmas tree up until Friday. I'm not mad at you if you do. I'm just, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why I didn't give the stones out until after the service. I didn't want y'all throwing them at me. But what I'm really saying is like this week is an important week. In the life of a believer who we've been told over and over, in all things give thanks. And so the way forward, he says, I want you to remember all these things so you can be grateful, so you can go forward in gratitude. And, and, and Paul gave a tremendous message, Paul Potter gave a tremendous message Wednesday night here, where he said that, that this is a cycle, this is the, 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 the way God works in his cycle is that we develop gratitude. And out of a heart of gratitude, we develop a heart of generosity, Right? And so we begin to give away. And when we give and we're generous to someone, that spurs a heart of gratitude. And this is how God works. This is how he takes care of his children. It's how we take care of one another. We're not just grateful for the person. We're grateful that God gave us that person. And our gratitude always points back to God. And so the way forward is gratitude. We're going to do two things. You've got homework this week. Who's excited? Okay, kids, your parents have homework this week. Are y'all excited? Yes. All right. Your parents have homework this week. We're going to do two things with generosity and gratitude. And I need your help. We need your help. We have this program here called Do For One, where any of you at any time, you meet somebody, you know somebody, one, that they have a need, this is a way to communicate it to our church. We, we put 10% of our outreach budget, of, our, of, of your giving, 10% immediately goes into an outreach fund that goes for anything outside of this place. 10%. And, and this year isn't over yet, and I want you all to understand. And th like that's the budget we put. It's the only thing we're ever over budget on. And we're way over budget on it this year. We just, I just looked at our report from last uh, Our church, you all, have given out of these doors over $50,000 this year. Like from the coffee shop to the boxing gym to individual families to flood relief. I mean, that is God making a tremendous impact. 
And so we, 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 we take this outreach fund, and what we like to do with the Do For Ones is we like for you to find somebody that, like, it could be a need. It could be somebody that needs Christ, a family that needs Christmas presents for the year. It could also be somebody that's a friend or neighbor that's just going through the wilderness and could use some encouragement. Like, it doesn't have to be they need it. It can just be a blessing to whoever God puts on your heart. And guess what? They don't need to deserve it. Okay? You don't have to be like, well, they don't deserve it. They, if they do their own thing, just, let's just bless some people with no strings attached. Okay, so, so all you have to do, and so this idea is you do for one what you can't do for everyone. And, and so we're going to use some of that fund. You just go to our website. We've got a short little form you fill out there, and, and we get your name and number and the person's name uh, and information. And, and we'd like to keep it around $50 to each one. If you've got somebody that's a real need, put it in there. If we can do it, if God provides, we'll do it. We've bought washing machines. We've rebuilt ceilings. Like this is, this is what God does. Okay, through his church. This is our heart. But we need your help. That's the website. How many you think we can do by Christmas? There's usually 250 to 300 people, two services on a Sunday morning. I'm setting the ball low, the bar low. I, I'm gonna, I, I want us to do at least 50. You think we can do 50? Can you find one person? If each couple finds one person, we get it in there, and we bless 50 families. It could be in the church. could be your neighbor that doesn't even go to church. I don't care. Let God put it on your heart. Find the person. If you want to give money specifically for this, you can do that. Uh, the church is going to put some into it. And every year, we've never, like, every year, every request has been taken care of. I don't, that's just how, it, that's how God works. We try to plan, but he just does it. And so, uh, so are you, is that, that's homework number one, homework assignment number one. You taking notes? Homework assignment number two. Um, time is it? That's good. So you may have seen out there these, uh, these river stones. Um, I want you, I want you to, to grab one on your way out. And I want you to spend some time uh, with a friend, with a, with a spouse, in your family. You can take one for each in your family. If we run out, I'm sorry. If you live by a creek, you can get a stone there. <laughs> but I want you to get one of these stones, and I want, you, I want you to think about just something. One word you can write on it, and this will be a beginning of you beginning to do something in your home with your family. Let your kids get one. Let them write things. Um, and, and if you want to do more than this, this week, I'd encourage you to get ju just a bowl or a vase. And every time you sit down to have dinner together, and maybe that's the first step, sit down, have dinner together. Everybody takes a sheet of paper and writes one thing they're grateful for. Throw it in a bowl. You got four days to Thanksgiving. Get them all out on Thanksgiving Day and read them. Like there's little things you can do to stir up gratitude in your heart and be reminded but this is the homework get a stone when you look at it remember the stone of help was Jesus be reminded up until this point God has helped us 
God breathed the first breath into my lungs. Without that, I couldn't have done anything I've done. I want you to tell your children about it. This last passage, I want to read just a few verses from Deuteronomy chapter 6. He says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home. Do we talk about godly things around the table or do we just talk about the day? Are we being disciples and, and discipling the people around the table? When you're on the road, man, this is the best place. You can lock the doors, <laughs> set the cruise on 60, and you got something to say to your kids or your family. Man, you just pass up home and keep going. I mean, what are they going to do? They can't jump out on the road. He knew that. Moses knew that. It's like when you get in a Tahoe, is your chance. <laughs> When you're going to bed, tuck your children and tuck, like share a devotional, pray together, share a story, everything. You can look around and, and there's a story behind everything. This guitar, this acoustic guitar up here. There was a point in my life that I didn't know what I was going to do with my life and I started working at a music store out of complete leap of faith. My family thought I'd lost my mind. I had a bachelor's degree and went to work at a small guitar store. Bethany and I were married. We prayed about it. That's what I did. God took and used that. I remember, man, God put us there, and, that, and this guitar came out of that. Like I can, You can turn anything in your home to a story to remind your children about how God has used you and blessed you. He says, when you're getting up, Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, the, the, the Jewish people take this very literal. Um, they did and they still do. They do these things. I'm not so sure it's a bad thing as long as we don't make it uh, the main thing. As long as we let these reminders point us back to Jesus Christ himself. I want you to remember the wilderness. I want to remember the time that you had no hope. I remember the time that you were lost and without a Savior. And I want you to realize that was in your training ground. And in that place, God sent a rescue chopper. <laughs> okay? And rescued you. He is the way out. And the way forward is gratitude and generosity. Okay? Don't forget those things. Tell your children about those things. I'm going to finish with the same thing really we finished with last week is this question. If you were in addiction, if there was a time you didn't think you were going to get through, if there was a time that your marriage... You didn't think it was going to make it. If there were those times and God rescued you, have you even told your children? Do they understand the significance of what God has done in your life? This week, I want you to use these stones. We're helping you 
to make disciples, to say it over and over again. This Jesus is my stone of help. Up until this point, God has helped us, and I'm reminded that only God can turn mourning to dancing. If you're in the wilderness this morning, don't forget the way out. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you're in mourning this morning, you can be dancing with Jesus. God, we come to you. As we get ready to sing this morning, we are uh, thankful that, that you brought our, our, our church and, and this church family into this series of, of Ebenezer for a reminder um, uh, of the wilderness, of the place we were without hope, of the way out of your son Jesus that you sent him. That while we should have been your enemy, you had your hand outreached to befriend us. God, thank you for this reminder to go forward in gratitude and generosity. God, we pray that today is a day that for some people here, and we know one's already given their life to you today, that it will never be the same. God, we just pray that you draw our hearts close to you because we know when we draw near to you you draw near to us this week more than ever let us have a heart of gratitude and let us never forget that you rescued us from Egypt in Jesus name Amen